Hello and welcome. You're listening to the I Should Have Known podcast. I'm Tanner. I'm Andrea. And I'm Soops. And we'll be discussing an interesting topic today. But be careful, one of the facts we tell you is total BS. Join the other two in guessing the false fact. By the end, you'll be saying, I should have known. Welcome to the I Should Have Known podcast. I'm Andy, and I'm here with Tanner and Soups. And Soups is hosting an episode today about the iconic band, The Beatles. And so we're all going to have to come together and see if we can guess which of his four facts is a lie. So, Soups, what you got? Thank you, Andy. Also, everyone, please admire my pun. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Virtual clubs. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, that's correct. I'm going to be talking about the Beatles, the band, not the insect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited to do this topic, um, also because Beatles is one of my favorite band. You're mm-hmm. a big fan of like the classic rock. Absolutely. Huge fan of rock and roll. Let's put it that way. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So one of the most influential band of their time, Beatles, they were formed in 19... 19- 60. Actually, the band was started by John Lennon when he was in high school. And he formed a band called Blackjacks with a few of his mates. And then they changed the name to Quarrymen when they found out that there was already a band <laughs> called Blackjacks. Later, he met Paul McCartney when McCartney was 15. And he joined the band as the rhythm guitarist. Okay. And George Harrison was actually Paul McCartney's friend. So McCartney invited Harrison to come and watch the band play. And then Harrison ended up joining the band. Mm -hmm. They were active for about 10 years. You would think Beatles, like they would be active for so many years. But actually, I mean, it's not even 10 years. Actually, they were active for eight eight. years. Yeah, yeah. From 1962 to 70. Yeah, and the Rolling Stones are still playing. (laughs) So in the eight, 10 years that they were active, they released 12 studio albums, 13 EPs and about 22 singles. Quick question, guys. Uh, Do you know who's the fifth Beatle? I don't know his name. I know he was like the original drummer or something like that. Not Ringo Starr. That's correct. Yes. So Ringo replaced him. It was Pete Best. Oh, yes. Pete Best. He was the original drummer between 1960 and 62. And then he was dismissed for (laughs) reasons unknown. Um, And Ringo Starr eventually replaced him. Okay. And by the way, Paul McCartney is releasing his new album, McCartney 3, which is coming out in about two months, that is in December 2020. This album was recorded entirely during the pandemic. Talk about McCartney. I actually saw him live a couple of <laughs> years back in Krakow. This was as close to Beatles as yeah. I could. Yeah, right. Yeah, no kidding. There aren't very many of them left anymore. Yeah. <laughs> 50% of the band is still alive, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> it was an incredible experience, and he's such a performer. The act was great, the music, fantastic. And, and I remember I had tears by the end of the concert. Oh, wow. The band eventually broke up in 1970 when McCartney filed for the dissolution, a lengthy legal battle, and they finally broke up in 1974. And you guys know that whenever I'm out karaokeing, if that's a word, mm-hmm. uh, my favorite karaoke song and my favorite Beatles song is Hey Jude. 
Yes. I have definitely sung Hey Jude with you many times. It's a good way to finish the night. Yeah, definitely. And that brings me to the first fact. Oh, boy. Beatles. Hey Jude was composed by Paul McCartney to cheer up Julian. John Lennon's son. The story goes out something like this. John Lennon had just divorced his first wife, uh, Cynthia, in 1968 when Mm -hmm. John met Yoko Ono. Um, Cynthia was part of the inner circle of Beatles, but then when John started dating Yoko, it sort of got a bit, you know, (laughs) and Cynthia was kind of left out. And when they officially divorced, McCartney was on his way to meet Cynthia and Julian, uh, mm-hmm. who was John Lennon's son. Uh, he was about five at that time. And McCartney, when he was driving uh, on his way to meet them, he sort of just composed this song. And this song was actually called Hey Jules instead of Hey Jude. Mm-hmm. And this song was sort of like a pep talk to cheer mm-hmm. up Julian. <laughs> Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it was changed to Jude because it sounded better uh, because <laughs> uh, later on he sort of sang the song in front of John and read some articles where they talk that John Lennon thought that McCartney composed this song actually for him because he had just started <laughs> dating Yoko Ono and he went through this divorce. So it was sort of a pep talk uh. for him. <laughs> That everything's oh. gonna be fine yeah. but actually it's um it was meant for julian according to rolling stones this is the eighth greatest song of all time oh the magazine yeah 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 magazine yes and do you know which song is the number one greatest song of all time greatest song of all time i can't get no satisfaction Oh, Rolling Stones. Well, yeah. you know, you're somehow connected. Actually, it's Like a Rolling Stone by uh, Bob Dylan. Yeah, Of course they would say that. Which yeah. he composed for the Rolling Stones anyway. Oh, uh, by Bob Dylan? Yeah. So yeah, that's the first fact. Hey Jude was composed by Paul McCartney to cheer up Julian. All right. So yeah, to what degree do I think you made that up? That's what I have to consider. <laughs> All right. The fact number two is the Beatles played backup music for a stripper. When they were just starting out their career. Yeah, a stripper. Hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) Your reaction was amazing. (laughs) Yeah, so let me repeat it. The Beatles played backup music for a stripper when they were just starting out their career. Wow, that's pretty hard to believe. I actually find that super believable. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm against you on that one. You could come at it a couple different ways, maybe. Like, were they taking any gig they could get? Were they just playing any bar, any any strip club? Or were they like, I don't know, maybe it's, I think it's not very believable because it's like, why would they play for a strip club? Why, why did they need live music? So let me give you some context. So this happened in the summer of 1960. And he mentions that they were teenagers just starting out their career. Sure. But the Beatles, when they released their first commercial uh, single, which was My Bonnie, they weren't actually called the Beatles. They were called Beat Brothers. That was the name. But anyway, this story with the stripper is sort of a legend. Uh-huh. This came out during an interview with this journalist, I forget the name, mm-hmm. uh, in 1963, you know, as an upcoming band. Mm-hmm. And And so the Beatles, they talked about playing music for Janice the Stripper. The journalist concluded the article by saying that this band has like a really bright future. (laughs) 
And, you know, because the story became so popular, so it's sort of unknown whether the name of the stripper was Janice or Shirley, but it was definitely one of them. It wasn't Bonnie. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't Bonnie. No, no, no. And, and the band's manager at that time, uh, Alan Williams, he actually made a lot of money by booking the Beatles to do the stripper gig. And the legend also goes something like that the stripper would just bend over in front of the band while doing her routine. <laughs> Trying to mess up their beat or their rhythm. Something like that. And Beatles were just like really overwhelmed with everything yeah. that was happening. And they did it only for a week though. Is that believable that they only did it for a week? Yeah, I mean, it makes more sense if they was in the very beginning of their career and they only did it for a week. It wasn't like... Yeah. I had heard that like they famously took like any gig and they like practiced yeah. constantly. So yeah. that's not that unbelievable to me. Sure. We'll see. So fact number three, Bob Dylan, Marilyn Monroe, Karl Marx, Marilyn Brando were among the 58 people in the Surgeon Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band album cover. Okay. <laughs> Do you know the Surgeon Pepper's uh, Lonely Hearts Club Band? Yeah, I know the picture. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone is in crazy clothing, right? Some of them have like full-on military outfits, all different colors. Yeah. And there's like... A bunch of flowers in front of them and it's all displayed cool and there's like a ton of like cut out faces in the background right exactly i think i know it this was beatles eighth studio album mm-hmm. it came out in 1967 and also the cover is sort of the most iconic right very yeah. distinct a total of 58 people and this concept was actually the first concept was by paul mccartney and i think at that time it cost around three thousand pounds to design it so which is a lot of money wow to just design an album cover okay i don't know why it would cost that much but okay they had to like literally physically cut out their pictures yeah photoshop was a lot harder back yeah they didn't have photoshop there was also the idea of having jesus and adolf hitler but they wow. were eventually uh, dismissed. And then Mahatma Gandhi was also dropped for unknown reasons. And one of the most okay. uh, prominent faces that were missing from these 58 was Elvis Presley. And the concept was having these four Beatles, right? Uh, themselves, they appear in this costume which looks like that they have Mm -hmm. just come out playing some concert and Mm -hmm. these influential people were there to watch this concert. That was Mm -hmm. the idea. Mm -hmm. The critics, they said that this album bridged a gap between pop culture and high art. Oh, okay. And the people who were there, the 58 people, right, including Bob Dylan, Marilyn Monroe, Karl Marx, and Marlon Brando, they were all individual inspirations or influence. Mm-hmm. So each Beatles picked their selection of people sure. who okay. they would want. Interesting. That year, I think, uh, this album won four Grammy Awards, including the best album of the year. Wow. I believe that, yeah. I've definitely heard conspiracy theories of like predicting someone's assassination or something. I don't know. I mean, I think people went a little wild with Beatles. Like everything, yeah. like the Paul is dead thing. Everyone has a conspiracy theory about Oh, some yeah, that, that's what it is. It's that that album gives away that Paul McCartney's actually been dead for like this entire time. <laughs> you know what? I can guarantee that he's not dead. That- no, he got replaced by a uh... fake Paul and you're just dupe uh, soups. You just don't even know. He's just a fake. I want Paul. my money back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the real Paul has been dead for decades. Wow. Okay. <laughs> a fun fact related to that. I'm not sure if this fact is fun or not, but a fact. Mark 
David Chapman, the chap who killed yeah. John Lennon. After he shot uh, John Lennon, he stood there reading J.D. Salinger's Catcher in the Rye. Right. Yeah. And he claimed that the book was his inspiration. And Chapman uh, revealed that he wanted to murder Lennon after seeing him on the cover of Surgeon Paper Lonely Hearts Club Band. Oh, no. Yep. And he actually also wanted to kill uh, Johnny Carson, Elizabeth Taylor, Jacqueline Kennedy, but Lennon was easier to find. Oh, my God. Back to Beatles, uh, the band, not the insect. (laughs) (laughs) That's my joke of the day. Fact number four is Ringo Starr was inspired by Indian classical music. So as we all know, Ringo Starr, the drummer of the Beatles, he got the first idea or first inspiration when the Beatles, they were shooting for their film Help mm-hmm. in an Indian restaurant in 1965. And they had this scene where there's a lot of Indian instruments. Ringo Starr was really inspired uh, by the sound, by the rhythm. He became so inspired that he moved to India and he was then drawn um, to Indian spiritualism. He took lessons from the great Pandit Ravi Shankar. And he took tutelage under this guru called Maharshi Mahesh Yogi. And Pandit Ravi Shankar actually considered Ringo Starr as his younger brother. And the Beatles song called Norwegian Wood, which released in 1965, is sort of a direct influence from this Indian connection. And then he got all the other three introduced to Indian culture and Indian mysticism, spiritualism, and the entire band, they moved to India in 1968 to take part in a three-month meditation course in this ashram in Rishikesh. And it's become like, it's a tourist spot now. Ah, okay. Okay. And white people haven't stopped appropriating Indian culture ever since. (laughs) Yeah. So those were my four facts. Okay. Fact number one, Hey Jude was composed by Paul McCartney to cheer up Julian, John Lennon's son. Fact number two, the Beatles played backup music for a stripper when they were just starting out their career. Fact number three, Bob Dylan, Marilyn Monroe, Karl Marx, Marlon Brando were among the 58 people in the Surgeon Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band album cover. Fact number four, Ringo Starr was inspired by Indian classical music. And one of those is a lie. Okay. Really stretching my knowledge of this band here. (laughs) I am going to guess first, because you guys always make me guess first. So I'm just going to start doing it anyway. I'm going to go with number three only because it's just the easiest place to lie. If, If any one of those four people isn't on the cover, then, you know, it just is the easiest place to lie. So... That's the only, that's my only logic. The other ones sound very believable to me. Maybe some small details are wrong and I'm going to regret that later. Um, Including the stripper? Honestly, the stripper is the most believable one to me. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. For me, I think it's got to be the stripper. So the other ones, they sound pretty believable. And yeah, I agree. The, uh, The cover, you could... You could just change a name or two. I can't picture the cover. I can't picture Karl Marx's face on there, but I don't know anything about this, but I, I'm just going with the stripper one. I, I think that that's a legend. I don't think they actually did it. I think they talk about it like a joke. According to you, Tenor is fact number two, yep. and Andy is fact number three. Yeah. Let's start with fact number one, um, <laughs> which is absolutely correct. Okay. Fact number two with the stripper is also correct. Oh, no. Knew that was true. It sounds so believable. Fact number three, 
with Bob Dylan, Marilyn Monroe were also in the cover. So all of them were oh, in the really? cover. The lie is actually fact number four, because everything about this fact was correct, minus one minor. It wasn't detail. Ringo. It was George Harrison, because George Harrison played the guitar and he was inspired by the sitar sounds. Yeah, I did think that was a little sketchy. Where I was like, why would a dr- what is special about Indian drumming? I I'm not, I mean, I I don't know much about Indian music at all, but I was like, what's special about the drum? But I was thinking of like, oh, like a sitar, and I just never. And he is definitely credited as the one who sort of introduced Indian classical music to the Western world. So it wasn't Ringo Starr, the drummer. I mean, drummers are also into like other instruments, I guess. I was just thinking like, I should have known though. I should have known. Thanks for listening to the I Should Have Known podcast. Check us out on social media to get bonus content and suggest topics for future episodes. And of course, be sure to subscribe. Maybe even send the episode to your friends and find out who among you is really the smartest. I love, I love, I love pumpkins too.